This week on The Uncommon Truth, we're asking, do we really understand love? And what would change if we did? Here's a little preview. And so if God is love, then love is also God. Yet we have taken this word and transformed it into meaning just whatever we want it to mean that isn't God. We get up in the morning and we say, I love early mornings. I love my coffee in the morning where we go outside in the cool morning air as the sun is peeking up on the horizon and we say, I love sunrises. And, and so we perverted the word and taken it down in, in meaning to just about anything that says we like something, that something is pleasing to us. Mm. And yet that is not even remotely close to what love means. When you start with the definition of love being love is God or God is love, you have an expanse in this word that is so huge that goes on forever and has no end. You're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, where we discuss Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is available anywhere podcasts can be found, so make sure you subscribe, leave a rating or a review, and let us know what you think so that more people can get involved with the conversation about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. Coming up in the next few episodes, we're going to be holding a Q&A with Stephen Vicky. So if you've got any questions, please send them our way. If you've got something you want to ask Stephen Vicky, you can email me at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to the Uncommon Truth. My name is Max, and I'm joined by the senior pastors of the Father's House Church. This is Steve and Vicki Orsillo. Hello. How's it going? Awesome, man. That's good. That's probably loud. No, it's pretty awesome, good. Man. You know, um, Vicky got the chance to to speak last night at Wasn't church. Wasn't that amazing? That, that was awesome. That was amazing. It was like she was magic. Really? You know, it was Aww. pure magic. So I ended up in, in front of the altar, and... Instead of my friends this morning, instead of asking me, because I work in like the business media department where we mm-hmm. do all the recordings and everything, and instead of asking me if I had a good good service <laughs> and what I was praying about, and yeah. they showed me the picture of me uh, sort of photobombing you at, at the stage and the live stream video. You're there and you're preaching, and then there's this dude that looks like he has no head because I'm like kneeling in front of you <laughs> on the stage, and there's nobody else. Seriously, there's I've nobody seen else. That. <laughs> it's just a picture of me. Me and yeah. you. Um, it yep. probably showed your sunny side up. Yeah, I had no hat on. Right. So, but so he was having was an incredible time with my, Jesus. Yeah, my head, head was, was bowed, bowed down. down. And then you so you had shoulders, up. and then you had something else. I was head over. holding my hat up yeah. like this. That's right. Yes. My head was my head was down, and yeah. so it, it just looked like I had yeah. no head. And uh, apparently, somebody was having a moment with the Holy Spirit, but started laughing because they saw this invisible-headed person. Uh, Who was yeah. that? Did you have a moment with the Holy Spirit? I did. The main thing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, really? Vicky. You're welcome. It was, it was fun. It was It good. was really fun. So on the, I said I was a fact checker, mm-hmm. and I got to be careful how I enunciate fact yep. checker. That's hard. Say in church last fact. night, you said you were a fat checker, <laughs> and I said that's, that is <laughs> that's just wrong. That is true because... <laughs> so anyway, I did what I do on The Uncommon Truth is because we have... Um, a group called the greatest decades and mm-hmm. we meet together once a month and it's over it's the over 50s in the father's house and we before church we had gotten a um what are they just a text right yeah we text all the people in different groups reminding them hey it's church tonight or hey we've got a group dinner or something 
So a lot of people were kind of unnerved by the the text that we received right before before church. And what does it say, Vicky? It says, <laughs> "A G D holiday dinner," and, and everybody it wasn't said that slow. No, yeah, and I said, "You quickly. guys need to get your head out of your." You didn't say the gutter. Gutter, yeah. and it's 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 called the greatest decades. So right. they so we just edited well, greatest decades. Well, you only have like 130 characters <laughs> I know. to get your message across. Shorten greatest Shorten decades to GD. GD. So I don't think we'll be I don't think we'll be simplifying the greatest decades That's ever again. Right? right? We yeah. might call the G decades. It would be good. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for asking. I have yeah. to keep everybody do going the right way at well, all times. Oh, yeah. is that oh, yeah. we had the blind following the blind. We had several layers of editing that things pass through yes. for just those eventualities. Yeah. That's right. I mean, they never get to us here on the uncommon truth. So the how did they get through defense. if we have several? That's what he's saying. It went through several, several layers and this is the best we got is <laughs> a GD holiday how, hey, dinner. <laughs> welcome to the father's house where we, we laugh keep it real. and we laugh and we, we laugh. keep it yeah. real. But and then Vicky gets up and is magically Aww. knocks it out of the park and has people crying at the altar. Aww. That was really good. Being born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And you know, I didn't have anything at all before. I, I had the Lord to give me the scripture, and I just kept going. To, I have nothing. I mean, they're about to hit the start. You know, the Stage. first thing on the on the I first notes, and she goes. I got nothing. <laughs> like, then you're probably, you're perfectly situated because you'll allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you. Mm-hmm. And the Lord basically, finally, for me, he probably always knew, but finally for me, I got something. And then it was like, and then he said to me, just be yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can mm-hmm. be myself. And then I just, going with, with just a little bit of what he said, it was uh, was really fun yeah. because sometimes I just really don't get a download, I feel, and I make a download. Did you ever do that? You make a yeah, download. Make a download <laughs> you yeah. make your own download. Yeah. It doesn't really work as well. Yeah, yeah I don't. Do I that. think listeners can sometimes tell when I when I don't ask the Lord what we're going to talk about oh. in a given week. So oh. that might be a good so homework I, assignment. I think what really happened is she stopped talking long enough to hear him. Oh, oh. my gosh, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? <laughs> Magically delicious. I mean, you went silent to hear him because you got desperate. Okay, stop. No, oh, I'm. <laughs> you, now you've gone too far. Tom, but it was, it now was really we good. Have gone. And if people want to listen to it, they can go oh, on please our YouTube do. Uh, Father's House Orville. Just search that on YouTube. That'll be up probably, well, definitely by the time this podcast airs, you can go and listen to it. It goes from it. being Watch very funny YouTube to very sad. Very magic. The vision sh- is magic. I'm and you talking. can see me know, but I at the very you. end without a head. Yeah, you can see Max the from the back. The, altar. the back of Max. So, yep. And But the light off of your yeah, shirt yeah. was really would be really bright. The, off my shirt, not... <laughs> Not off my head. All right. So uh, what did you want to talk about? Oh, my gosh. Seriously, you interrupt me, and then you tell us, let's go. Funny you should mention that, Steve. Yeah, Yeah. let's go. This one, we we do plan a little bit ahead of time, but you guys have got a good – Good practice not knowing what's coming because you never want to know what we're talking no. about until Holy you Spirit. sit down. Yeah. Right. And I think that's really cool. Today we're talking about love. love. And it's love month in the School of Transformation, a uh, whole month of teaching, talking about what love is, what it's not, how we've gotten it right, how we've gotten it wrong, and uh, how we're supposed to both love God, love others, and be loved by Him. Because you know all you need is love. I do know that. Yeah, the Beatles said all you need is love, and then they broke up. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was Yoko, right? It was Yoko and John. <laughs> so the that love word, you know, it seems pretty easy until you actually ask somebody what, what love means, and then it gets all sorts of messed up, and you can hear, ask 20 different people and get 20 different answers. And uh, 
And so I wanted to ask about that, about what the meaning of love is and and why is it important? Because we read stuff like, well, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and we read God is love. But is that the same thing as when somebody says, oh, I love that new restaurant or oh, I just love my dog or something like that? I think we get it kind of confused. So, so um, by the truth, I think Steve wants to answer this. God, go. God is love. I mean, that makes love just by itself. God is expand. The expanse of God is greater than the universe. And we haven't even in our P brains come anywhere close to understanding the universe. Hmm. And so if God is love, then love is also God. And so um, if the outpouring of God is love, then love is God. Yet we hmm. have taken this word and transformed it into meaning just whatever we want it to mean that isn't God. Hmm. We get up in the morning and we say, you know, I love, love mornings. early mornings. I love my coffee in the morning where we go outside in the cool morning air as the sun is peeking up on the horizon. And we say, I love sunrises. We, you know, our dog runs up to us and we pet him. We, oh, I love my dog. So we love our coffee. We love our dog. And maybe you just smelled, mowed the lawn yes, late yesterday, so you still smell the fresh-cut grass. Mm -hmm. I love the smell of fresh-cut grass in the morning. And we, we really, you know, we can make I love about anything. I love that movie. I love that actor. I love. And, and so we perverted the word and taken it down in, in meaning to just about anything that says we like something, that something is pleasing to us. Mm. And yet that is not even remotely close to what love means. When you start with the definition of love being love is God or God is love, you have an expanse in this word that is so huge that goes on forever and has no end. And people want to, when you talk about God's love, agape love, all the different words in Greek for love and the descriptions of love, you all of those can be in God. But people just want to, they want to prune it down. Hmm. Well, what about punishment? What about, what about consequences? What about his wrath or his anger? Discipline. If he is disciplined, what if, if he is love, then isn't, aren't those things part of love? For instance, child rearing, when you say you love your child, clearly that's different than I love my dog. Hopefully. That's clearly different then I love my coffee because I think you don't know what it's like until you have your first baby. Mm -hmm. You truly, you can say truly, I would die for this human. I would give my life. I would do anything to protect this child. And it's an amazing thing that's birthed out of you. You didn't even know was there. You thought you knew love or you thought you knew affection or you thought you knew feeling. But you didn't know anything until you held that first baby and realized, wow, never felt this before. This is a new level. And if that's a new level, there's got to be new levels beyond our, like the universe, beyond our reach hmm. that are outside of our understanding, levels of love. And then we try to describe God by saying he would never do this and he would never do that. And, and this is legalistic and that's, that's religious and that's mean or that's evil. And we end up calling what God did, who is defined as God is love, mm. and we say what he did was evil. Wow. The, the, the flood that killed the world, you know, that is part of God is love. 
That was love for the creation of mankind. Hmm. That was love for the plan he had for the world to give us a, a start over. We think in terms of life and death, drowning and all that stuff, very finitely. We, we, do, not, we do not see the expanse of our lives or the expanse of human life. And we judge God all the time that if, well, if our God does this, this, and this, then he's not a very loving God or no loving God would do this. Mm. And yet when they say that almost exclusively, he did do that. He did do the very things they say a loving God would never do. He would never let pestilence or he would never let war or he would never let evil men flourish or evil men prosper. A loving God would not do that. Mm -hmm. And yet he is the definition of love. So who's right and who's wrong? Is God in his being being love wrong? Or is uh, are we in our fear, in our in our aching our pain our offense anxiety. our hate our worry our anxiety are we the ones who might be wrong about what love means definition the divorce rate is so high in the world today the 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 crazy things people are doing to one another shocks me to hear about trafficking and 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 kidnap rings and all the things done to children in in what we what we have become as we try to define love in some way other than god is love so i would ask my class like yesterday what is it you expect from someone who says they love you hmm. what is it you expect from you when you say i love you and, and it's it's you know it's shocking the the answer sometimes now most often you know if it's in my class they've heard me speak and they kind of try to they try to, you know, yeah. open book test. They try to cheat the answers and say not what they really felt or what was immediate. They try to say what I'd want to hear, right? So, that's but, love. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, just really, the bottom line is God is love, and He is beyond our understanding completely. And so, love must be beyond our understanding. We should probably just kneel in His love and say, whatever you say, whatever you want to do. If you get mad at the earth and want to hurt the earth. I know that even if I get caught up in that storm, even if I got caught up in that flood, if I get caught up in that fire, you're still good and you're going to take care of me in the next That's life. Good. In the age to come, your promise will be true because you said your promise was part of your love for us. So I'm going to believe that no matter what happens to me, and of course, every one of us die so far, you know, mm -hmm. only uh, less than a handful didn't get to die. And who knows when the rapture is going to happen. But up until that day, everyone will die. And that's a pretty crazy thing that love allows. Hmm. And so love allows death. Love allows sickness. Love allows prosperity. Love allows struggle. Love allows comfort. I mean, it has so many different elements. He created human sexuality as the way the two become one flesh and how these babies are created. It's all part of love. But what we do in this world, we call it making love. And it, it isn't hardly ever making love. And, and only in, in these exclusive two become one flesh relationships is it truly making love. Mm -hmm. And so in the definition, what I'm talking about, again, if you've lost track, I'm talking about defining the word and the meaning and the definition of love. God is love. Mm, that's love so is God. That's the definition. 
how do you define it? Well, we know a little bit about God, so let's define it at least within the little bit we know that he loves and lays his life down and sacrifices and he finds a way. He's the way maker. He's the breasted one, the provider. He's the one who takes care of you, the healer. He's the one who will judge you. He's the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And all of those things are how, what I know about him so far. Mm-hmm. Generosity, kindness and goodness, forgiving. I mean, if I could just love like he loves, I would forgive everyone. And yet I might, I might, it might be true that on a daily basis, I remember who I haven't forgiven. Like, or I feel offense and go, I thought I forgave that guy. And I just say it again, just in case, because I had that feeling. I want to make sure I forgive that guy. He doesn't have to do that. But what I know about him forgiving and removing as far as the East is from the West, I still have some striving to do to become more like him, to love like he loves. Jesus, of course, gave one command. One time he said, this I command you. A new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. And I think that when, when we, you and I, or the world, or TV, or the, the, the leftist, or the righties, or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter who they are, are defining love. They're doing it on their own human misunderstanding and their own human development of the word to include their grass, their dog, their coffee, you know, a moonlit night, full moons. I mean, you can just go on and on and on and on. Sunrises and sunsets. Uh, you can just, but you would never die for those things. Whereas, I think it would be easy for me to give up my life to save Vicky's. I think it would be easy for me to give up my life to save my children. And I think I I sat there on that bed and offered my life in place of my granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And I have another granddaughter suffering over that death. And I just this morning was praying. I would do anything. I would volunteer. If it took my life to save hers, I would do that. But then I I don't think he'll take me up on it because he doesn't need my life to save hers. You know, to, to, to relieve her of her stress that she asked him to heal her sister and he didn't. And she feels like it's her fault, right? And it's crazy. So she doesn't have a, being a child, a small child, doesn't have any way to understand his love. But she, if we can keep pushing her, she will. Mm-hmm. Because that's a big deal to lose your little sister, you know? And uh, it's, it's a misunderstanding of love that makes us suffer so much over that death. The real story is he's in her arms. She's, She's in, in, in his, his arms. arms. Yeah. And, and she's with him. And it's like we just don't see it right because we've redefined love to be I love my country. I love my home. And we just we, we make it about things that cannot truly be loved by the pure definition. I think that's such an incredibly deep point. Um, and just listening to it just it's kind of like, blows my head up because the truth is God is love and and he is the definition of love the bottom line and whether it's Noah's ark you know and he killed the, all those people were destroyed or all those those ites those Amalekites and all the other ones that were destroyed yep. um you know he was very very much um in control of what he wanted done and there there was a lot of um annihilation of people and it says in Hebrews that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that's love. 
but oftentimes you hear people say, they always say the same way, a loving God wouldn't. Yeah. A loving God wouldn't take wouldn't take Evelyn at seven. Yeah. A loving God wouldn't take Jordy at forty two. A loving God, blah blah blah, all, would you know human trafficking or whatever you know whatever is going on. And the truth is, those are free choices. On the you know some of those things are free choices that people have, and other things, you know, he is a loving God and he took Jordy. What else did Jordy want? Jordy wanted to see Jesus face to face, but we judge God. Mm-hmm. Avalyn is in Jesus's hands, like she, like Steve said, but we judge him because he didn't answer what we thought was love. And God is love, and and no matter what happens, you know, our house burns down, or the or the you know we we have forest fires, or you know what whatever happens, it's like if we can if we being me can get it into my pea brain, like Steve said, to understand that he, he's the author and the finisher of our faith he's the creator he's the alpha and the omega nothing escapes him not one piece of hair falls out of my head my head without him noticing it's like god is love Mm -hmm. the end he's a definition he's the first and last and i thought i thought steve's um comments were just really really informative and and, uh revelatory yeah it reminds me of a quote and i wish i knew who it was but uh, an author says, you know, give me God's power for a day and see what I would change. Whoa. But give me his wisdom as well, and you would see how much I didn't change, <laughs> yeah. right? And we just have this idea that, so if if we're, if we, we think we know best, so God must just be a bigger version of ourselves, wow. right? To yeah. Do the things that we would want him to do. Yeah. Uh, and if that's not the case, then something really must be wrong with the universe. Or God. I hear a lot of, um, I interact with a lot of, atheists and and read what they have to write and that's a lot of it boils down to i just can't believe in god because the universe doesn't look the way i think it should yeah basically um and and really if we knew i think if we knew could see that huge scope like you were saying um we could understand his motives and Mm -hmm. and what he actually is doing when he's uh, saving the world from sin by flooding it mm-hmm. or um, saving his people and future people from sin by, you know, wiping out a, a group of people. I think we might be able to kind of say, yeah, I guess I would do it probably the same. Well, I think a lot of people too is just, I'm thinking about just the people I've had come in contact with, atheist, agnostic or whatever. I think a lot of their um, disbelief in a loving God is because he has not answered them like they feel like he should have answered i.e my granddaughter i'm not you know praying to the lord and her sister died well what do you do with that that's pain so then you make a whole platform that he's not love or that he doesn't care and uh, i think i think lots of disappointments and lots of hurts and frustrations come down to the fact that he's in love that god doesn't love us Mm -hmm. god does not love and we make our yeah we make our own image of who god is by the disappointments in our life and who we are. And who we are. That's what she's suffering. Yeah, yeah. Who she, she wasn't worthy to be answered. Yeah. So it, yeah. E- either way, but whatever, whatever, whatever the pain is, it, you know, there is a God, and He is love, and we don't understand, and He's not in our, He's not made in our image. We're made in His. However, we can never understand until we see face to face. But it's if you're dealing with disappointments and hurt, you know, the rain's going to fall. You're, you know. It's going to fall on the just and the unjust, and, and people, unfortunately, are going to die. Uh, you know, I'm going to die, you're going to die, he's going to die. It's just when. So I think just making a 
whole religion to your hurt is probably not the way to go. Yeah, it's probably right. should find out what, who God says he is and, and what his love looks like. And the point of it coming back so we can remind the listeners is what does love mean? Yeah. And everything Vicki just said is people trying to work out from a human viewpoint mm -hmm. what love means Good. when mm -hmm. love is defined by God and who he is. And we are very very poor at understanding Temporary. what love is. We turn it into, I mean, I don't think there's a single struggle in my life that doesn't come from my misunderstanding of the fact that God loves me and he loves me his way, not my That's way. That's good. Hmm. Everything is me deciding. Something about my face just ticks him off. That was yours for a long time. Yeah, and it's, um, I mean, it's it's a recurring fact in most of us that, you know, well, you probably should pray for it because, you know, I, I'm not worthy. And yet he didn't really say we had to be worthy to ask for it. He said we had to behave as sons and and daughters and and that, you know, if you come back to what is love, it's we God. all get hit right in the face when we have sons and daughters. We realize I didn't love my parents the way that I love this child. Yeah. And we look up at God. Uh-oh, I've never loved you the way you loved me. You, you sent your son to die for me. Wow. You came as, a, as God in the flesh to die, to suffer in my place and die, for it took my punishment upon the cross. And now you understand. This is something I would do for my children. Mm -hmm. This is something I didn't understand until I had him that he would do for me. It's just and, a portion and of that's just does. such a small portion and so important that we I think get it in our heads that we don't understand love and we quit ascribing to God personality and an outcome and decision making based on a human love when his love is nothing to do with human love okay. nothing like it and the revelation that we really don't understand his love for us because we're not him and we don't understand much more than a small portion of him. Hmm. So you, you said that a lot of the problems that happen um, in your daily life, uh, a lot of your struggles come from not understanding love. So yeah. what, are, what are those things for, for how we as Christians are supposed to relate to God? Um, what sort of misunderstandings, common things that we've, we've misunderstand what love is supposed to be, and so it gets in the way of actually having a good relationship with with the Lord I think that a lot of it is parental you know your house burns down you you think man my house burnt down and the proper thinking is your house burnt down that I'm your son and your house burned down hmm. um, somebody stole my skill saw somebody stole his skill saw he's able to protect my skill saw he he is generous and does not react no I react I want to go catch him find him get my saw back he could easily do that he could stop them from taking it and so i think in life we get all bowed up when someone cuts us off someone says something mean someone doesn't like us someone falsely accuses us or doesn't understand us we get all bowed up he didn't and i think that those things because we misunderstand his love and the love we are supposed to have for others 
that it causes all of this, this problems. We get laid off from a job. We freak out like that job was our provider, but he's our provider. Can he take care of you without that job? Can he take care of you without the one, the car you wanted? People want to believe, well, he loved you. He'd give you the one you wanted. Well, no, that's not true. He <laughs> yeah, would that's get, not how oh, I treat my kids. No, no. Uh-uh, that's not how I love my children. No. And, and ours is only a small vision or a small sampling of what his love is. And so I think, I think that that's how it, it causes so much conflict mm-hmm. in us to the point where we have these major problems in our life, big manifestations of the wrong thinking. And that's where inner healing comes in, where they, they try to wipe the slate of those wrong turns throughout your life where someone offended you, someone hurt you, someone bruised you, someone did you really wrong. I mean, horribly wrong. But when it comes to, you know, I love, I love, like, used to read about Corey Ten Boom. You love and, it? You love Corey Ten Boom? I, I used to love reading Corey Ten Boom's yep. stuff. The way she responded to Nazi Germany. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. She described the torture as horrendous, and yet her responses were so godly. So so understanding of what his you know that it's it's not his fault that he's not perpetuating evil, but he's creating good for her. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And she went on to live a really long life after Nazi Germany, and she was she she reached so many people with these truths because she went through that, and she saw it at the time. Yeah. She even said, like, I think, I think uh, she understood why she got lice, so that the, the guards wouldn't come in. Yeah, the praise guards, the Lord the for guards, lice, so that guards would leave guards her alone. Didn't rape them. Yeah. yeah, because they had lice. Yeah, so it's like you know, just I think I think and I think it goes back to you know, um, not understanding love would obviously start with your mom and dad and if they didn't exactly show you the kind of love that you need it would you'd be probably at a deficit at understanding god's love i think i think even having good parents i think there's a obviously a deficit of of, um god is love he's the adjective he's a noun he's the verb of god is love he's everything he's he's the author of god is love and we just so often and i'm again point my my finger at myself so often judge his motives his heart why he's doing it why is he doing it to me it all becomes you know so intra focused that i asked you say ask anything in your name and you're going to do it well we don't get that all the time and neither do our children when they ask for things but it's that's such a small i think such a such a such a sliver of who god is and you know our mother and father love is so so small compared to Obviously, God the Father. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I want to pivot a little bit because I I think once we start we start understanding. Okay, so this love of God is different than I've thought of love. Correct. Um, the the way He wants me to love is different than I've thought I should be loving, and so you start going to the Bible and saying, okay, well I'm going to figure it out. And uh, a lot of us, I, I know I've read a lot and heard a lot of teaching about. Okay, Jesus' standard is love as you want to be loved. Correct. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what I always heard from the time I became a Christian. Until I came here and I started, I heard a, a sermon that you taught, Steve, about how it's, that's not the greatest standard because who knows how well you actually love yourself Correct. To, to love somebody with that same standard. The standard Jesus actually gave, and you said it before, is, uh, love as I have loved you, love as Jesus has loved you. Right. So, can you guys talk about that? That like 
it doesn't seem like that big of a jump, but when you actually get into it, it makes a huge difference. What's interesting is the entire Christian world believes that that's the standard of love is love how you want to be loved, or love as you love yourself. Either one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus was answering a man who said, "What are the greatest commandments in the law?" And 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 that's what we've turned into grace. That's what we've turned into new covenant. When Jesus was telling him how to inherit eternal life through the law, obey the commandments I've done since all my life. What are the greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. 117 in a row Christian leaders, I asked them that question, and all of them said, as you love yourself. And I said, that's just not true. What Jesus said was his, what Jesus commanded us in the new covenant is to love as, as we have been loved. A wholly different standard. I can, if I have to love only as I love myself, then I don't have to love you at all because there are times in my life when I hated myself. So then, by that standard, it's okay if I hate you because I only have to wow. give you what I've given myself, and I hate me, so I can hate you. Wow, that's good. But if the standard is to love as I have been loved, well, that's like, whoa. Now we better go read Jesus and see what the love of the Father is because it says this is the love of the Father that he sent Jesus to die on a cross. Wow, that's how the Father loves me is sacrifice. How does Jesus love me? Sacrifice, Mm. teaching, telling me the hard things, leading me, telling me the secrets, telling me the secret door, the secret path, the secret way, giving me the inside knowledge on how to follow him Listen to what I tell you and act upon them. Your house will be like a rock. Storms, waves, wind will not, will not take you down. I mean, he gives us the inside knowledge. And so he's telling this guy that you do these things in the law. He goes, but instead, go, go. the guy said, I've obeyed the law. He said, no, you haven't. Go sell all that you have and buy it for those poor people around you that you ignore and now you've loved them as you love yourself. Hmm. That's just but, the starting point. Yeah, right. but you still lack one thing. You hmm. should come and follow me. That's what he said to him. You still lack one thing after that. you got to come and follow me. And the guy couldn't do it. But I think we just bypass all that. quit. We yield ownership of everything and come and follow Jesus and act upon his words. And then we start to understand how we've been loved. And, and it's exponential. I mean, you, you grow your whole life thinking you love people. I love my friends. I love my parents. I love, the, you know, I love my neighbors. But then you meet Jesus and you start to listen to him and you act upon his words with generosity and kindness and just service and selflessness like we talked about. And you end up realizing that your, your love just amps up and amps up. And suddenly you're going... Wow, now I really love my parents. Now I really love my neighbors. I'm willing to serve and sacrifice and lay down my life to help them. Give up, a, give up you know, share the resources of God with them. And my home and my money and my resources are God's. If he wants to share them with him, he can replace what I have or he can give it to them. It's his right because he loves me and because I love him. Hmm. And so I think that answers the question. Yeah, I think so. Did you have anything? You no, want to that's add? good. So was this always the case for you guys? Like all the 45 years that you've been a Christian, 41, um, 
has this was that like a download you got from the beginning or has it been like a growing experience and learning that well for me the follow jesus and uh came on march 10th 1975 45 years ago mm -hmm. this is what came because everybody was using different a lot of people use jesus but you would go to i would go to different churches for youth groups and bible studies and just i was i was playing the field looking for what you know what's going on around sacramento and what you find out is uh everybody you all these different terminologies well i kept coming back from the very first night is what did i do that night to have such an incredible experience i prayed to jesus mm -hmm. and i always went back to being a, being raised a certain way with catholicism you know you pray to saints you pray to mary you pray to every you know and so it's kind of important who you pray to mm -hmm. and i realized that i had the experience of a lifetime born again experience praying to jesus so I would repeat to myself over those first few months, it was Jesus I prayed to. So when I would read the Bible, I would read Jesus more than any other thing. Whenever I would get a chance, like I let, a, it wasn't very long, I was asked to be the youth pastor in a church, and I read from Jesus. I, that's what I'd done as a kid. That's what they did as a kid. They had readings from the Gospels. So I just by habit or just did it. And it's so in, it's so in, you know, so was so bright and shiny and i felt so bright and shiny after a miserable teen years i felt so alive i felt so good and in spite of still carrying baggage from so many different wounds you know but it was it was not a download it was i started there so i feel like i started on the 10th floor instead of the first floor mm. and in our life together we've gotten to the thousandth floor mm -hmm. And it was one floor at a time, one re one revelation at a time. We would we would start getting carried away by this other thinking, other kinds of thinking. We would listen to people and go, "That's so good and pretty," and we're being led by the nose down this trail. And all of a sudden, we go, "Time out. Where's Jesus? Let's go back up the road. Let's go back down the road where we left, where somehow we kind of slipped off of praying That's to great. Jesus mm -hmm. and letting Jesus speak to us first through the Bible." second through his voice and and most importantly to us the fruit of good men good men who preach jesus who share it and show us the way that you live and so the fruit of good men became the the litmus test for who do we listen to and we had a particular man who was all about jesus up in spokane who lived his faith he lived his faith doesn't matter if you like him or don't like him he lived he said what he said he did mm -hmm. he believed what he preached and that was a great, you know, got from the 12th floor to the 20th floor with him, you know, and it was a great boost to our faith. And Vicky was a brand new Christian when we went to his church. And he, he, he more than anybody, me, me, of course, the most, but him as well, really got her on a firm foundation of hearing God's voice. Like she would ask me questions. I'd say, let's just ask the Lord. Let's go read the Bible. Let's go see what's being said. And because, you know, I, if I'm off five degrees and you don't understand me by five degrees you're off 10 degrees so let's go back to the source let him speak to us let his word you know have a chance to correct us and i probably did that hundreds of times in those first five years of her christianity but she'd ask me i said let's just let's go back and see what the lord's saying let's go let's go find out because i don't i don't i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not smart enough yet i haven't learned enough yet to answer questions like that let's you know i have my opinion but what if i'm five like off what if i'm off yeah let's go see what the lord's saying and you can you can you know and then 
course, we had this pastor that was a man of good fruit. And those are the things that really, you go line upon line. You go, we're at the 10th floor, now we're at the 11th floor, now we're at the 12th floor. We just, we're gaining every day this wisdom and understanding, this revelation of who he is. And this, our hearts are being opened. The eyes of our hearts are being opened to see the truth. And we marvel today. But how do, you know, honestly, just some dumb carpenter working out there building houses, how can I pretend? I don't have time to study like these guys do. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time in my life having a full-time job. Uh, and doing ministry full-time as well with four kids and a wife and blah, 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 right? You know, 20, 30 employees, depending on what time in my life that was. And I, so I would, I would have to use quality studying. And he would just take me a notch here and a notch there and reveal this and reveal that. And what we learned very young was just to seek and find, knock and have the truth open to us, to close our eyes and say, what does this mean? Will you show us? And even ask the pastor, what does this mean? Or most of the time, because the Holy Spirit moves in mysterious ways, he would just speak on what we were questioning, Mm. on what we needed for the time. You've done that to me before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just the way the Holy Spirit works. And so to me, that's how you don't, I I just don't, I don't know. There's not this light. You don't see this light and the man standing in in the light. Yeah. You know, maybe one or two people in history have had that. The download, Paul the Apostle seems to have been downloaded pretty incredibly and then he went and studied for three years but he did get a huge download preached the gospel right away and uh then he stopped went and studied but most people don't get that most of us it's It's we get i had a huge revelation and then i began to read my first book was revelation i i can't tell you no one ever in my life has ever recommended the book of revelation as the first book of uh, a new convert reads (laughs) You know, okay, tonight you get you filled out this card, you said this prayer, you say you had touch, now go read Revelation. I've never heard that in my life, and I just the Lord the Lord put me there. And that was my first big revelation of whoa, this is serious stuff. Yeah. And he who overcomes to the end became my philosophy for life because the first book I ever read was Revelation of Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus Christ. That's all that book means. And he was revealed to me in that that night, that first night, March 10th, when I read it. Anyway, that's how I think it happens. So, yeah, I agree with that totally. It's it's a, it's just like watching a child grow, which they just, they're not, they're not putting their boots on and, you know, and strapping on their clothes. It's incrementalism. And you just continue to point your sail at Jesus and you, you get the revelation of love. We're talking about God is love, right? And we would have told you for years that that's the standard love as you've been loved, you know, love like you want to be loved, you know, love your neighbors yourself. For years, we thought that. And then we did have a revelation of, wait a minute, you know, reading Jesus in context, we're like, wait a minute, that's not what he's answering. So we've had many revelations along the road, 45 and 41 years of where Jesus has just come to us because we're just going further up and farther and further yeah. up and farther in. So some of the some of the listeners are like maybe they're just they're just starting on the road or maybe they're down the road a little bit and it's just like if you need to back back up your Christianity a little bit and just read Jesus for a season. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John three or four times through with and turn out the noise of everything else. It does clarify what love is, and God's love and and I think you know, I don't know that we could have gone through everything we've gone through had we not have the revelation of God is love and who he is in our yeah. life. I don't know that when we were first saved at, you know, 
five and six year point i I don't know how well we would have navigated all these things that we've navigated now you know because just the relationship is so much deeper than it was for me when i was saved a year or three years or five years it's become so much more uh maturing in my life um i've had many revelations many things happen that i i'm like i gotta i don't ask why i just say god you're you love me you love her you love him you love us. So I know that all things will work together for good for those who love Christ Jesus that's and right. called according to his name. And that's basically how I live my life. And it's gotten, as I've gotten older, it's I just don't really evaluate, stop to reevaluate everything he's done. And I don't ask the question why. Because really not. That's asking, that's the, that's the pod asking the potter, why did you make me this way? Why did you, it's, it's not, it's, it's a non-starter. We should not ask that question, why, Lord? We should just believe that all things work together for good for those who love Christ Jesus and called according to his purpose because he loves me, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and he is the one that created me and knows every breath I take. And my, my name is written in the book of life, and every day that I have is ordained. So that yeah. just, it, just, it just is a process. It's a relationship. It's day upon day, line upon line, precept upon precept. Mm-hmm. Further, and, further uh, in. Thinking of my two and a half years here, that's actually kind of what we did is we kind of got that glimpse of maybe we've been redefining things, and not just love, but probably mm-hmm. lots of things um, based on what people have told us, Correct. the Bible says, instead of actually reading it ourselves. And uh, and so that's why we came to the School of Transformation. My and wife, has you, have and you, I, have you, is your revelation, have you, do you feel like you're two and a half years farther down the road than you were when you started? Yeah, especially when it comes to love. Mm-hmm. Um I would have had no idea how to actually love the people around me. Um, I would have said that I, I love the people around me. I ran a summer camp, sure. so I love these kids. I love sure. the staff. I love the neighborhood. Uh, but I, when I compare it to how the disciples loved the people they were called to love hmm. and how just other humans Jesus, acted yeah. out Jesus's standard mm-hmm. for love, um, it's like, wow, I didn't really – didn't really love them at all. I, I loved them enough to feel good about myself when I was home by my, you know. That's really good. And uh, now it's like I live in a, in an area where you have to ask that question all the time because you see people living on the street, mm-hmm. uh, living in campers, living in their cars, walking down the street high, and you have to you have to challenge yourself like why do, what what would loving this person actually look like? That's good, right? And yeah. it doesn't look like it it did when I first got here, and I'm sure. In five years, it's not going to look the same, right? Mm-hmm. As they keep going after it and mm-hmm. allowing myself to be challenged. That's right. Um, it's good. And I and I love that further up and farther in. Always For, further up and farther. I'm just always climbing for more understanding. Always pointing at the um, the cross. Yeah, we're going to the cross. That idea of further up and farther in. There mm-hmm. is no end. There is yeah. no end until we see him face to face. We have not arrived until no. we finish the race. That's right. What's it pressing on to the upward calling? That's right. Upward of call God. of God and Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, if you want to learn more about that, uh, anything we talk about here, the School of Transformation is really the place to go. It's We've awesome. got a new term starting in March 2021. You should really pray about coming. Um, there's also other options. If you can't, can't make it out mm-hmm. here for six months, there's School of Transformation Light. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, you can look down, uh, scroll down on your phone. All that information is on the, on the screen in the notes below the podcast. So mm-hmm. when we say we've posted a link there, it's all, it's all in that part there. Otherwise, you can go to uh, changeorville.org or fathershouseorville.com and check out those things. We'd love to show you some of that stuff.
and you can always just contact me directly um, at our email address, which is posted in the link below, and uh, ask any questions you want. And we'd love to chat with you guys. And I think I just for the school transformation, lots of times people get in their minds that a school is from 18 to 30 or whatever. And honestly, our school is, is anywhere from 18 to 90. You know, if you feel like you can do it, you come on over. Um, or come over for a week, you know, to join us for a week, see what we're about. Yeah, there's a lot lot of other things we don't have time to talk Correct. about on podcasts. We go whole podcasts yeah. about all the ways you can get connected from our greatest decades groups. Greatest right? decades. <laughs> our, not a GD. Not our GD. Yeah, greatest decades. That's right. right? Uh, all the way down to, yeah, everything. Yep. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks oh, thank for you. showing us some good examples of love. And we'll talk to you again next week. God bless you. Have a great week. All right. God bless you.